0: All right, all set, here we go. Parents don't have to have all the answers. Do you know what you're interested in? Do you know what you want to do? And you quite simply, you get a yes or a no. If you want to be better tomorrow than you are today, if you want to be better next year than you are this year, then join the army because we have got those opportunities. Be the best, because that's our motto. One of the careers advisor mantras is, you know, what's your backup plan and, and have you got some other ideas?
1: Eighteen, nineteen, 19, we, we're we, years old, we're sending apprentices to basically anywhere on the globe. I think we've covered just about every continent with apprentices visits.
0: Hello, I'm Rachel Burden and welcome back to another episode of the Parent Perspective podcast, brought to you by Amazing Apprenticeships and Not Going to Uni. This podcast is all about giving you, parents and carers, everything you need to know to help your children make the right choices after leaving school or college. Now, that can be anything from apprenticeships to different kinds of technical education or work experience. It can also be traditional academic study. But whatever next steps you and your child are considering, well, we're going to try and answer your questions. And you can find us on the Amazing Apprenticeships website or wherever you get your podcast from. And if there's anything you'd like us to cover, you can join the conversation on social media as well. Now, coming up in this episode, it's a really inspiring story about apprenticeships and in particular degree apprenticeships. And we can speak to Santina Bunting, who's an engineering apprentice at the civil engineering firm Arup. Is that right? Is it Arup, Santina? Yes, that's
1: correct. Yeah.
0: I'm really excited to hear your story because I think this will give a lot of parents and carers some inspiration for their own child. You decided... Quite young, at the age of 16, that you were yes. going to opt away from A levels and take a completely different route. Tell us about that decision.
1: Yes. So I think I was lucky because I knew from a very early stage that I always wanted to do engineering. So I did some work experiences, I entered a couple of competitions. Um, and I went to a grammar school, actually. And, you know, in, in grammar schools, it's traditionally pushed, um, once you do your GCSEs, you do your A-levels, and then you go straight to university. So, but I knew that I didn't want to do that, because I was lucky enough that my mom, she actually had worked in a college, so she knew so much information about apprenticeships. And when school, potentially they were lacking in offering me that um, other side to know what I could possibly do. My mom was able to fill that void. So she helped me to do a little bit of research into apprenticeships. And at that, time when I was looking at my next options my brother was also doing an apprenticeship so I was really lucky because he was sort of a role model where I could be like oh well he's really enjoying it these are the benefits that he's finding well that could be applicable to me so doing my research looking at all the other companies I think I applied to about five different companies um I realized that I wanted to do an apprenticeship and I remember the day I told my friends they all started crying because of oh no you're not going to do A levels and I was like, no, I'm going to do an apprentice, I'm going to work, and I'm going to go to college. And that's the best option for me.
0: What was it like starting in a place of work at that age?
1: Yeah, I think for I, I think not a lot of 16 year olds can do it, if I'm being honest. It's it's very different from the school environment, you know, from seeing your friends to going into that professional environment. But I think I was lucky, I think I was ready to go to work because I, I really do like love education, love learning. But I'm also quite a people person. So going into a work environment, I found it really exciting because there were people who had different experiences, people in the company who've been there for 30 years, different backgrounds. And I was able to apply those like team working skills, organisational skills that I'd helped learn at school and put it into a real working life situation. So I actually really enjoyed it. But yeah, I think it, it is very hard. It is, it's very difficult going from one situation
0: to another so you applied for various different schemes how did you know where to start and what the right place would be for you I think that's a big question for a lot of people
1: because there's so much information out there and I think sometimes that can be a disadvantage because you don't know you don't know where to look but the main websites I use was gov.apprenticeships um, and rate my apprenticeships they're both two very helpful websites and also indeed because different companies they list their apprenticeships at different times so my advice is if you know the industry that you're going into for example I knew I wanted to do engineering I looked at the top companies um, in the UK and in my local area and then I went on their website specifically and I looked at when they advertised the dates because with apprenticeships they can range from opening in October to opening in February during National Apprenticeship Week so you have to make sure that you note down when the application opens so you can know when to apply so yeah so I had those five top companies that I applied for I had to get a CV I had to answer questions and that's sort of the stuff that school didn't show me how to do unfortunately you know when you have your piss he lessons you'd think that they'd teach you how to do a CV on how to sort of sell yourself because that's what a job's all about but they didn't but luckily as I said I had my mom so she was able to help me do that and put everything together in order to submit a strong
0: application you're so lucky to have family support in all of this because there could be plenty of teenagers in a situation like yours whose parents would be really uncertain not necessarily anti-apprenticeships but just wouldn't have the knowledge about all this to to give you the right guidance yeah
1: I think I was really lucky I had my mum she's she's been my rock throughout the whole process I've got to say and I think we, we sort of can't blame parents because it's about them lacking that education and I think with apprenticeships it's not just about educating students or people who want to do a career change you have to educate the people the role models who are going to help them in making the decisions so if you educate parents showing them look if your child does this they get paid they get a free degree they get all these and the benefits then the parents can help the child better make that decision it's all about teamwork at the end of the day and enabling people to have the right knowledge to make that correct decision so if someone does have a parent who's less supportive you have to think well why is a parent less supportive and it's because they haven't had the right information
0: right we're going to come on to the free degree a bit later because i think people's ears are (laughs) Uh, propped off at that one, but um in terms of the sort of life change for you, did you worry that yeah. you'd miss out on sixth form and parties and free periods <laughs> and all of that that comes with sixth form life? Yeah, I
1: think that's um a lot of things that people a student going into friendship would be thinking out because obviously all their friends are still together. I went from you know seeing my friends every single day to seeing them like once a month but I, I think I was really lucky in the sense I have a really strong friendship group so even though they were all together at school whenever we had parties whenever we were going out they always included me and obviously you know with social media it's so much easier now to keep in contact with everyone and I think I, I'm lucky that I've ended up at such a good company because at our, we have a big social um, aspect to the company. So they put on socials, they have like badminton club, um, different things. We even have a ski trip, which I'm hoping to go on this year. But yeah, so I think I was lucky that because I went to a big company that there was something in place for me to jump into. But I guess if you are going to a smaller company, it would be a bit harder um to have that social aspect but like I said I made friends with the graduates the other apprentices and many of the graduates when they were meeting me for the first time they were asking me like oh what degree did you do and I was like no I didn't do a degree I'm fresh out of school which was quite funny I think they were surprised but they always said oh well that sounds amazing so I say not to worry because life's all about change and it's just you have to adapt to the change and it will work out in the end so I think having a positive mindset really helped a lot.
0: Now tell us a bit about The structure of the apprenticeship, because obviously, even though you knew you wanted to get into engineering, presumably there's still a huge amount to learn and where you specialize, which department you work in. So how does the apprenticeship help guide you through that? Yeah,
1: so specifically, so I'm doing a level three civil engineering apprenticeship. You've got level three apprenticeships, level four, level five, level six. So there's a big variety. But with my apprenticeship in particular, what it means is that I went to college part time one day a week to study for a BTEC, which is equivalent to A-levels. So one day a week I would go to college, I'd do course, I had a few exams and then for the rest of the four days a week I was working. So for civil engineering there's lots of different groups but I landed in a specific group called um, ground engineering, geotechnical engineering. Um, and I've been so blessed to, to be there because everyone around me is so amazing and obviously coming into an industry. I knew what engineering was but I sort of didn't know what it was because like you said it's such a broad sector and there's so many different facets to it. Um, but yeah, I'm just someone to ask so many questions and they're always so helpful, guiding me. And I also have um, a mentor and she's actually an apprentice as well who's in her, going into her second year of uni. So I was lucky to have her so she could guide me through the whole process. And another amazing thing about doing an apprenticeship is you have that um, off the on the job training. So some of the skills that I've been able to give is digital skills. I've done some report writing, just learning how to be better organised and communicate. So that's, that's the main structure of the apprenticeship.
0: Is it hard work? Because presumably you're sort of operating, what, a Monday to Friday, nine to five? Um, yes, yeah. So I actually work eight till four thirty. Um.
1: So it's it's about having a structured routine, and the big thing is staying organised because obviously I'm studying part time as well. So when you go to college or when you go to uni, you'll have exams on top of your actual work and working on projects. So for me, the main thing was making my line manager and team aware of my needs because. Sometimes like there was times where I did need to do my college work and they were more than happy for me to do that. And times where I was working on a project or if I'm ever struggling, I know I can go to them and help. And they've said when I go to university because they've all done university, they're more than happy to help me. So I think I'm not going to say apprenticeships are easy because they're not. But you could just say that about a normal job. Everything's going to be hard in life, but it's about adapting and making sure you stay on top of everything
0: would be the key thing that I
1: say. But it it shouldn't be anything that puts you off it at all.
0: So you're 18 now and you're coming to the end of your apprenticeship phase. So what do you end up with at that point? Yeah, so once I finish
1: my level three um, apprenticeship, I've obviously gained my BTEC. So I've actually just received my BTEC certificate qualification, saying I've got that all completed and signed off, and and then I also gain a certificate saying I've completed my level three apprenticeship and I've passed my endpoint assessment. And um, I'm quite lucky because with civil engineering, we have an organisation called the Institute of Civil Engineers. So when I do my level three, it means that I'm become a qualified technician and I receive, you know, a few letters after my Ooh. name. So it's it's it the apprenticeship that I'm doing is very worthwhile because, you know, I get that qualification and then I also become a technician. So I've increased a level and I've definitely gained a lot from it. But I guess if you're doing a level six, then you gain your degree at the end of it. Um and then level seven is when you
0: get that master's degree. So level six it's just um BNG that you get. Right. So that's the next phase for you. Were you always yeah pretty clear in your head that you would take it through to degree level was that always part of the plan yeah yeah i think so but that's a good thing about
1: apprenticeships you don't have to do a degree for example some people in my company they've done the level three they've they've got the beta but they've decided they don't want to go um to university and that's an option that you know they're encouraged they're not put off so they've become they've gone more the technician route um doing like more cad work uh, software work and they haven't had to go to university but there's still a pathway for them to develop and increase their level but yes I knew from the start that because I, I, like I do like academics I do want to go on to do, do my degree and then become an engineer but that's a good thing I'd say that if you finish an apprenticeship and you decide that that apprenticeship isn't for you you haven't lost anything because at the end of the day you would have been getting paid you would have been getting these skills adding to your CV whereas let's say you drop out university second year the only thing you've gained is debt. You can't put on your CV, you know, second year dropout. So, for example, um my brother, he did a level three civil engineering, but then he decided he didn't want to do engineering. So he's now doing project management. But, you know, that level three was a start mm. on his pathway to, you know, get into
0: project management. Oh, that's really interesting. Right. Let's yeah. talk about then the next phase in your learning life. Because I think we bandy around this phrase degree apprenticeships and we may have some idea about what that means, but can you describe what that actually looks like for you in your particular situation?
1: yeah so for me my degree of apprenticeship will look like me attending university so the course is for five years and um, for my particular university hopefully warwick it's from january to june and i'm doing a block release so that means i'll attend university one week every month which is one of the main um attractions because it means that i do get a little bit of that uni experience because i'll be staying you know on campus living residentially with other people Um, So that's from January to June. And then in between, there'll be exams and coursework. But the other option that I could have had was going for a day release, which starts from September. And I think it's until May. I'm not too sure. But that's just going one day every week like I would have with college. So they're sort of the two options that people normally get.
0: So you will be there one week every month over that six month period. And that will be the same throughout the next five years, will it? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. You say you hope to go to Warwick. You have to apply, do you? How does that work?
1: So sort of, yes, it's mostly your company does it for you. So when you do, obviously, when you're at A-levels, you have UCAS and you submit all the applications, you have to write personal statements. Normally, with an apprenticeship, your company has like a specific group who does that for you. So, as long as I got the required grades that I did, then that meant I could get onto the course. So I just sent Warrant my grades, and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's perfect." Um, I'm just waiting to find out the results of my endpoint assessment because you can't be t- on two apprenticeships at the same time. You have to be either level three or level six. So once I fully finish my level three, I go to level six. But I guess that's one of the benefits about doing apprenticeship. There isn't really that stress of being like, "Oh." What university am I going to? Because work helped to sort that out for you
0: and sort out expenses and everything like that. So after five years, you'll come out with your degree. Um, In the meantime, in terms of funding, well, it's an absolute no brainer, isn't it? Because you don't have to pay a penny. No, not one penny. And if anything, I'm actually gaining because,
1: you know, I'm being paid to go to university. So I get a salary as you do in any other job. And because I'm so young, I've I've been able to save that and also enjoy it, you know, on the side as well. Um, And then also work pay for my expenses. So for the accommodation, they're going to pay for that. For my travel, for trains, they're going to pay for that. And also food expenses that I get daily, they pay for that as well. So I just don't see why people aren't doing it more because there's no disadvantage in, in the way I look at it. You get no debt, you get a salary. You know, what more could you want?
0: And you're looking forward to uni life, are you?
1: Yeah, exactly. I really am, I really am because I like to think of myself a little bit of a social butterfly. So I like the the fact that I'll be able to, I know it will never 100% be the same as going to uni full time, but you know, it's, it's something. At, and at the end of the day, I have a job because these days when people graduate, Everyone has a degree and sometimes it takes people, you know, months to a year to find a job. But that's not going to be a problem for me because I'll be within my company and I would have worked for
0: eight years. And you'll be mixing with lots of other young people at a similar stage of their apprenticeship, won't you? From different engineering organisations. Different
1: companies. So it's Mm. also about growing my own network because that's really important as an apprentice to talk to other apprentices and people in your company but also other companies so you can hear about their experiences and if they're having a more positive experience how can you implement that into your apprenticeship so the people at university some of them will have just come out from sixth form so they wouldn't have done they wouldn't have worked for um any years whereas some of them would have also done a level three so potentially working for two three years so it's nice to see people who have different experiences you know coming together
0: yeah and what's the deal with Arab, your employer because if they're taking you through this degree apprenticeship, do they expect some kind of period of commitment from you? I'm not too sure about Arab. I think with some companies they do
1: want you to maybe stay on for one or two years after, because it's, it's a big invest, investment from companies. You know, they're paying me a salary. Obviously, they are gaining from the levy that the government have, but they're investing in me as a person and hopefully to retain me. Um, but I don't know about our specifically, but because they're such a good company, that's my plan anyway,
0: to work my, my, work my way to the top. Nice. Listen, I've got total faith that you'll be able to do that just talking to you today. And um, give us a sense of what aspects of engineering you're beginning to really enjoy and and where you sort of might take this in the future post degree. Yeah, so I think um, I quite enjoy the technical side. So
1: I do enjoy in my day to day role, it involves either working on reports or using engineering specific software or even um doing like different drawings but I think I'm really lucky in the sense that I've experienced lots of different facets of engineering and especially with um, engineering sustainability is becoming such a massive topic and I know green jobs and employment and all that stuff so I've learned about some of the sustainability considerations in engineering so I think I'm not too sure at the moment yet, but I like the fact that I'm being exposed to a lot of things because as I said, I'm still so young in my career. And even though I I do have a a path that I've set for myself, who knows what's gonna happen. And the good thing about ARP is, if I, for example, one of my other um, friends at work, she was in the highways team, but then she did a bit of work in the rail team. So she's able to have different experiences. So I think the good thing about us is we can move anywhere in the business and it's it's good for the business and it's good for us to see what we actually like.
0: Yeah. One thing I say t- to my children these days when talking about their future and careers, I say to them, well, you've got to try and move into an area which won't be overtaken by AI at some point in the future. <laughs> yeah how well insulated are you do you think from that kind of threat i presume ai will become a big part of the kind mm. of technical capability of engineers in the future
1: yeah i don't think i don't think ai's a threat i think it's something there to help us because with engineering excuse me ai will be useful but it will never fully mean that engineers won't exist because engineers you know that's one of the the jobs that will always be needed in the world because even if you have AI you need to be able to understand what you're putting into the AI or mm. the maths behind it that side so I think with the development of AI it will help make us more efficient in the way that we work um, things will be easier but no it definitely won't make engineers become obsolete which I think is why I've got to, I've chosen this industry because I know that
0: I'll be in this job for a long time Now, you strike me as someone who's incredibly mature, very bright. You know exactly what you want to do. I don't think every 16-year-old fits into that (laughs) bracket, I'll be honest. I know a couple who certainly don't. Um, So what advice would you give to people who are perhaps thinking about apprenticeships but may not have the same clarity of, of purpose and ambition that you do?
1: Yeah, I think the the big thing that I'd say is research. Research is honestly the most important thing that's out there, because as I was saying earlier, there's so many tools, so many information sites out there. And it's really about narrowing down to what you want. And maybe instead of looking at specific jobs, you can look at what skills do I have and what jobs use those skills? And another thing is doing work experience. I I know sometimes it can be hard to find work experiences and filling it in, but I think work experience is so invaluable because especially if you can get it in your industry. I've known people who have done work experience in law, for example, and they've decided, oh, well, you know, that's not really for me because I've had that practical experience. So I think, the best thing is being proactive it's all about being proactive when it comes to applying for apprenticeships and looking because you're not going to get stuff handed, handed to you on a plate so you've got to research you've got to um ask people if you can do work experience and also just keep an open mind because I think the worst thing that you can do is is narrow your mind to be like, oh, I want to do this, this because even though I was applying for an apprenticeship, I also applied for, sick, for uh, sick form. That was my secondary option. So I didn't put all my eggs in one basket. I had different backup options. And I think it's really important to have backup options and, and even ask your school for help as well. I'll be like, oh, could you help me with this? But don't be afraid to just get out there and look is the main thing I'd
0: say. What has been the most challenging thing or the most unexpected thing you've had to deal with, perhaps, in your <laughs> apprenticeship journey?
1: I don't know. Oh, gosh, that's such a hard question. I feel like I'm really lucky I've had such a, a great experience so far because I think, not a challenge for me, but from the outside, when you think about engineering, a lot of people think, oh, you know, it's very male-dominated. But I'm really lucky in the fact that in my team, my line manager's a woman, and then in the immediate team, there's about four strong women and then our group leaders are women so in my team specifically I've had so many role models and so many people I can look up to and be like well they've managed to get this far in the career I can do that too so I think one of the challenges I'll say is not giving into to stereotypes don't let stereotypes rule what you want to do and don't let it put you off the path that maybe you want to go down um But apart from that, I don't know. I feel like I've just loved every step of it, really.
0: (laughs) Well, in fact, you're such a trailblazer. You've been shortlisted for the Multicultural Apprenticeships Awards. You've won an Institute of Civil Engineering Quest Scholarship Award. It strikes me that you are and will be a role model to young women in the future. Is is Um, that something that, um, that you feel you'd enjoy sort of taking on that responsibility?
1: Yeah, 100%, because I'm so passionate about engineering. I'm passionate about uh, doing my apprenticeship. And because when I started, it's like when you have a career day at school. I've been into my school uh, recently, actually, over the past year, giving talks about
0: my apprenticeship. Oh, good. And, you know, so I... they've got you back. They realized. Yes, they have. They've really wrangled me back.
1: To, but I went, I went back about running, it. Exactly, because when I went back, some of the girls in the year below, I knew them. You know, They're my friends because I was only at that school only two years ago. And I just love to think of myself as sort of an ambassador, ambassador for Arup, an ambassador for apprenticeships. And that's how I got involved with the Institute of Apprenticeships and Technical Education. So I'm actually an apprentice panel member. And then I'm also like a STEM ambassador. And I think it's sort of my duty to inform people because, you know, when I was 16, I didn't really have anyone like me that I could talk to or I could look up or who was visibly there for me to hear about their experience and I think because I'm doing it now it, I might as well tell other people the benefits and about my experience so yeah I like to think I am an ambassador
0: definitely amazing stuff and what are your friends now who are presumably just starting university just starting them? yeah that's correct what do they think of where you're at at the moment and what's I think it like that- sort of waving them off to to uni life
1: Well I think whenever I'm always telling them what I'm doing at work or the other opportunities I've got on I've got involved with I think they're always so proud of me because they've seen me back in year eight talking about how I want to do an apprenticeship and now they see me actually living the experience and I think they're really proud and to know that one of their friends who was at 16 started their job that is possible and I think um, actually one of my friends he just started university but he's decided that he wants to apply for apprenticeships as well so he's going to continue doing university but applying for apprenticeships so I'd like to think I've maybe influenced some of them to potentially consider apprenticeships even if they wouldn't have in the future.
0: Well, Santina, I have to say, it's absolutely amazing and inspiring to talk to you. Um, I have a feeling you're going to be hopefully in charge of huge national engineering projects in the future. So we might actually get some of them done. Um, So (laughs) I have a lot of faith in you, Santina. Thank you so much for talking to us today.
1: Thank you, Rachel. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast
0: oh well it's lovely to have you and I know that everyone listening um will have taken so much from this conversation so thank you to all of you for listening to this episode of the parent perspective and if you've got any questions you'd like us to answer you can find amazing apprenticeships on social media which is at amazing apps uk or look for not going to uni at not going to uni just use the hashtag parent perspective we'll see you next time